0: Hello, I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Pat Dillon, Head of Animal and Grassland Research and Innovation at Chagas, joins us to preview the Moorpark Open Day, highlighting the main issues facing the dairy industry in the next decade as he sees it, climate change, labour and cow and calf welfare.
1: Our plan is to hold it over three days, uh, the 14th, 15th and 16th of September, that is Tuesday the 14th, Wednesday the 15th and Thursday the 16th of September. Uh, there will be two components to it, uh, the face-to-face component which was the big attraction in previous years and the other one then is we're going to have a virtual component each afternoon. At this stage we're not clear as the number of people that can attend on each day, in terms of face to face, I mean, we will be guided by government guidelines in terms of COVID nineteen, and they are to be revised by the end of August. So we will know clearer in about a week to ten days. As it stands at the moment, it's confined to hundred people and an outdoor event, and we uh, uh, without seating, and that's. Even with that, we would think that we would be able to hold more than 100 per day in terms of rotating a number of people a number of times over the day. But we will know better um, in in the near future.
0: The Park Open Day is a very good opportunity to take stock of, I guess, things that have happened in the past, but also looking forward to the future and what we expect in the future of the industry. If we consider the last decade, can you identify the main wins and challenges that have exposed themselves um, due to expansion?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's clear there that the Irish dairy industry has been the fastest growing dairy sector in Europe over the last 10 years. It has contributed greatly to improve economic prosperity in rural Ireland uh, and in terms of, of growth and uh, growth in employment and exports. Uh, we know that milk production has increased by about 68% or, in solid term, 87%. Uh, we saw this year that the average fa- family farm income was 74K, uh, seventy-four k for 74,000. And if we look at it, the dairy industry today versus prior to the uh, abolition of quota, it's, a more, it's in a more competitive uh, position today. Uh, if we look at it within Europe now, we're the most competitive in terms of total cost of production and total cost per kilo of milk solids. So we're number one in terms of efficiency of producing milk now in Europe. We weren't that in the pre quarter time. And if we look at it just in terms of another measurement, you could look at it as total farm productivity has increased by uh, 24%. So anyway, if we look at the, the, the key technologies, and they were there prior to the ab- abolition of quotas, but we could capitalise them much better when quotas were a- abolished, and like EBI, better grazing management, compact calving and things like that.
0: If we look to the future then, Pat, and and you mentioned, you know, the rate of expansion that we saw following, quote, abolition, you know, it was unprecedented. So the, the rate and the time to get to those growth expectations was a lot shorter. Dairy cow numbers continue to grow in the last few years, albeit at a slower pace than, say, 2014, 15 and 16. But looking forward, do you expect to see cow numbers growing or do you expect that regulation, you know, such as environmental policy, uh, the seasonal processing capacity, are these things that are going to restrict growth in terms of cow numbers, new entrant farms, etc.?
1: You'll have to say that the expansion in the next 10 years is not going to be as great as the last 10 years. We're all clear on that. Uh, I think the big challenge going forward now is climate change. Issues around climate change, as you said, water quality, ammonia emissions, and biodiversity. And I suppose it's really up to us as an industry. Is how how good we are in terms of a, of owning up to those challenges uh, will be have a significant impact in how much we can expand in, in the next ten years. But I would I would be optimistic that there will be some expansion. Uh, but not near as much as we have, what we have seen in, in the past ten years.
0: I think the the title "Delivering Sustainability," um, you know, as the title for the twenty twenty one Open Day is addressing those issues. Um, You mentioned emissions, water quality, biodiversity. Uh, And this is at the forefront of dairy research and extension at Chagas uh, um, at the moment. How will you address this specifically at the Open Day? Yeah, I
1: mean, Chagas has published a smack curve uh, and that's shown really what the key technologies we need to adopt in terms of of improving, um, reducing our carbon footprint of our our milk, and improve the in, in, in sustainability of our systems. And we're talking about key technologies like protected urea, uh, low emission slurry spreading, continue to increase the EBI of the herd, uh, greater uptake of white clover on, on, on our pastures to reduce chemical nitrogen, and all those, and, and lots more technologies, all those will lead us to a lower carbon footprint uh, in terms of our, our our milk production systems.
0: And a really interesting comment on that, Pat. I say, we would have spoken previously with Tom O'Dwyer and Siobhan Kavanaugh from the Signpost Farms uh, program, and they would have, um, you know, I would have challenged uh, Tom, are there new technologies out there? But I suppose he reined me back and, and explained that, you know, really people aren't using protected urea, low emissions that are spreading white clover you know, genetics to their full potential yet, so we really need to capitalise on, on those technologies before we, you know, we, we start looking to more and more solutions
1: Yeah, and I, I expect other technologies will come on uh, on board uh, in terms of the, of the next number of years uh, Emma, you know, but the first thing is, you're right, is these technologies we have them, and, and these are all not costing the farmer anything extra in terms of the, of the production but, uh, but doing both things in terms of reducing the environmental pro- footprint of our milk production system and at the same time increasing our overall efficiency of our system.
0: And if we can look into some of the subheadings or subplots of the day, Pat, in more detail, um, you know, there's a, f- there's a few new things and interesting things that our listeners mightn't necessarily be aware of. On the day, Dairy Beef 500, a new campaign will be discussed. Can you give us more insight into this programme?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a campaign we're just about to launch and uh, we would see it very important going forward that we see greater integration between the dairy and the beef industry. And the both industries working together uh would we'll de- develop a more sustainable dairy industry and a more profitable beef industry so that's really the key the key on the dairy on the, on the dairy farmer side is talking about using more beef uh, and that can be facilitated now greatly by using sex semen uh, using higher uh, dbi bulls in terms of the quality of the bulls all that w- and better calf rearing uh, will produce a, a product for the beef industry that is more akin to uh, to a highly profit uh, dairy beef system for the beef farmer. So it's join up thinking between the dairy dairy industry and the beef industry will be really important.
0: And uh, you, you mentioned a few technologies there, Pat, the sex semen and, and DBI in particular. And we are hearing more and more of farmers who are engaging with those technologies and having m- better success. And and we here on the Dairy Edge would catch up probably once a year with Stephen Butler in relation to sex semen. And, you know, more targeted management practices around sex semen has led to, I suppose, a smaller gap between the conception rates from sex semen compared with conventional semen. I suppose, you know, just a, a comment from you, Pat, um, the... The breeding side of the house in Chagas Moor Park are doing some more some work to I suppose further make um strides um to produce that um better beef animal. Can you make a comment on what exactly that that project looks like? Yeah,
1: and uh, just before I go on to that, uh the first thing is we're just about to to, to, to um to set up the Sex Semen Lab here in Moor Park. Uh, it's just been set up at the moment so and uh, that'll be the first lab in Ireland that that will be able to uh, facilitate sex semen within the country. And we expect a big uptake in it, and the information we've we've got so far uh, from the AI companies, actually, it may not be big enough for the amount of sex semen they want to produce next year. So that's really positive. You mentioned the new technology is coming online, and Stephen Butler has led a programme this year looking at IVF, that's in vitro fertilisation, um, as a new technology to increase... Uh, the genetic progress and the, and the beef value of the progeny coming from the from the dairy herd, and these new technologies are 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 in the they're they're there just about, uh, and I would think they have a big a, a big role going forward. Like I mean, the IVF has a big role in terms of increasing the beef merit of the sires coming through for dairy beef, uh, the dairy beef program. Uh, it's also the potential uh, to use a higher percentage beef on on the dairy herd. So again, um, yeah, really good potential going forward.
0: Uh, Chagas are involved in running um, the welfare conference an international welfare conference um this week um to you pat in terms from a dairy perspective what are the key welfare challenges that exist on farms today and you know what what are the solutions to i suppose overcome those welfare challenges
1: yeah i mean we have a village just the one health village uh, and that's going to be focusing on 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 one of the big aspects of that village is the whole area of welfare we see two really important areas in terms of welfare one is dairy cow welfare and the other one is dairy calf welfare. Dairy cow welfare, probably the biggest dairy cow welfare issue we have on, on, on Irish dairy farmers is lameness and reducing lameness. And that's going to be really important in terms of the image of our system of production. The other one is is dairy calf welfare. Uh, we have seen that the welfare of calves or the, the, the management of calves uh, in Irish dairy farmers has Significantly improved in recent years by looking at the levels of mortality, but the other areas then is the outlet for 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 those um, the, those calves, and we and I would see a number of outlets for them that uh, we saw this year. The price of calves went significantly up, and the export people uh, couldn't compete with the types of prices that was that was being demanded. The work we're really looking at at the moment is the new work we're looking at is the export of, of the. The inter-community trade of of calves, and we're looking at how we can improve the welfare of calves that are being export unweaned calves that are being exported, and we have initial work done, and it's, some of it is guiding us to where we can improve um, the the welfare of those calves being 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 exported, whether that's to to Holland or uh, or to Spain.
0: An interesting comment you make, Pat, on you know the price that. Uh, dairy farmers commanded for their calves and maybe that is a reflection of y- use of the DBI and there's um, people are being a lot more targeted in the calves that are been produced on the farm a greater number of dairy beef calves uh, and you know in essence there isn't a glut of say maybe just solely dairy calves on being born onto farms in say the month of february and it's taking that pressure off i suppose finally when we consider the the, the different areas there's a, a, going to be a labor village so looking at uh, dairy farms as workplaces what are the new things being discussed in that village on the day pat
1: yeah i mean i mean labor is still a big issue for dairy farmers and uh, we bring them uh, get views of our stakeholders out there, and labor comes up still very high in terms of uh, the access, uh, the access to labor, the quality of labor, um, and and there's two, there's a number of components to that. Um, there is the the whole training area of training young people. Uh, Uh, And the professional dairy farm management course or any of the degree courses are really important in terms of improving the the quality of labour going on to farms. And then the other aspect uh, is the farmers themselves, complying with best labour practices in terms of working hours, making conditions on farms that are conducive, that are good for young people to get involved. I mean young people would not get involved in, in an industry that is long hours or hard work. I mean we need to be improve the conditions, the, the working conditions of young people on, on farms.
0: And to be fair, Pat, you know, I guess farmers are reacting to that. And you do see where farmers now are creating a roster where where staff on farms are working a five day week. So replicating what's happening in other industries. You know, we, we talk about white collar or office based work and, you know, farmers are really trying to replicate um, th- those conditions. And you, you mentioned the the practices and conditions on farm. You know, we spoke with Beth Dooley, um, who is a new researcher at Chagas Moor Park, and you know, she had really, really good tips as to what's important. Um, you know, to to keep in line with that regulation. So I guess just to recap, Pat, Tuesday the 14th, uh, Wednesday the 15th, and Thursday the 16th of September, we will have the Moor Park Open Day. Just to get into a little bit more detail with yourself, Pat, you mentioned you know that the expectation is that we'll have the face to face as normal. You also mentioned that there'll be an afternoon, evening session. Um, Will that be the same across the three days or will that vary?
1: Yeah. So just to to recap again, uh, our our plan is to open. I mean, sorry, anyone attending face to face will have to uh, book online. And we're going to open the booking online on Monday, the 6th of September. And at that stage, we should be very clear in the number of people we can attend each day. So we, we, we will be doing that. So people will have to book online and they will have to comply with, with government best guidelines in terms of COVID 19. So to, just to go on to the evening session, then, uh, Emma, we have three uh, different um, sessions, virtual uh, sessions each evening. On Tuesday, the 14th, uh, the, the virtual session. Um, Uh, Event which starts at 7 pm for one hour. It will be on just key issues coming from the open day. On Wednesday the 15th, then we have an industry forum. We have key people from the industry uh, speaking at that, uh, and it's really addressing the key challenges facing the dairy industry. And on Thursday the 16th, then the virtual event will be the 2021 uh, NDC. Carry um, gold Milk Quality Awards so they'll be the three uh, v- virtual events uh, each evening Emma.
0: that's great Pat we look forward to the open day
1: yeah and thanks very much Emma Louise and we'd also like to acknowledge our sponsors uh, FBD Trust uh, Arnua and um, AIB
0: that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Pat Dillon for joining me on this week's show Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.